0: today. We are on the last little bit of Colossians, this wonderful letter that Paul has written from prison uh, to the early church. We've heard that Jesus has made it possible for us to be holy. We've heard that it's all about Jesus. We've heard that we can have fullness and freedom in him. We've heard that we are alive in him. We've heard that we're united with others. And this is the last little bit of the letter. I always love these little bits because I'm like, right, what is the very last thing that this person wants to say to us? And it's before we get to all of the kind of highs and goodbyes. And there's a couple of them. Mark and Luke say hi and goodbye in this. And there's a whole load of other people as well. And um, uh, it would be helpful if some of you had a page number. Um, so I'm going to give that to you in a minute so that you can follow it. What I want to know is what's the final bit of advice that Paul is going to give to the church. This is Paul who's got the testimony of a Christian killer. This is Paul who's got an international ministry across the known world. This is Paul who's largely responsible for the expansion of the new Christian faith beyond the world of the Jewish people. This is Paul who's written most of the New Testament that we have, most of the letters. This is Paul who was willing to be bound for his faith. So Paul what final little bit of advice will you give us? Maybe he'll say, okay church, this is how you lead an international, world-changing Christian movement. Maybe he will tell us how you help people to encounter the power of the Holy Spirit. Maybe he will give us top tips for speaking to people in authority and power. Maybe he will teach us how to write well to an international audience. So let's read the passage and find out. Uh, Page 1119, 1119, and I'm on chapter 4 and verse 2, and it goes like this. Devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open the door for our message, that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I might proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way that you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Paul, come on! Haven't you got something better for us than devote yourselves to prayer? I wanted to know, you know, when you hear those kind of international business leaders and they say, what's the one piece of advice that you would give to your 18-year-old self? And they would say, you know, budget better or look at, you know, whatever they might say. Uh, I want to know what that thing... And Paul's final world is not about international missions, it's not about public speaking, it's not about writing to change the world, but it is pray more. Thanks, Paul. (laughs) Thanks a lot. I feel burdened and overwhelmed because quite frankly, I don't know about you, but I've got enough to do. I was talking with someone this morning and it just so happened that the I was up at one of the villages this morning, and it just so ha- they follow the lectionary. That's like—it's it, a whole thing. It's too difficult to explain. It's very complicated. Anyway, the readings happened to fit with this kind of talk, so I did a bit of a cut and paste job and dropped it in there at the village as well. And we ended up talking about to-do lists. And as I was talking about to-do lists, I could see this one person at the back who was twitched. Does anyone here have a to-do list? Come on, put your hands up. Okay. Put your hands up if you don't have a to-do list. Right, you can see me at the back afterwards. I have got a hundred for you and we can get a whole load of things on there. It's going to be fine and you will be overwhelmed before the day's out. It's going to be great. Anyway, we were talking about to-do lists and we were talking about the fact that my to-do list, I don't know about yours, but my to-do list tends to get quite full with basically all the things that I am not doing. So you find all the things that you should do but you haven't yet done and you put them on a list because then you feel a lot better about it. They are marvellous. They release your brain. Sometimes my to-do lists get so full uh, that I move on to a completely new to-do list. Has anyone ever done that? Yes! Isn't that the most... Just like, forget all of those things that I've put on the to-do list. I'm just going to start completely again. Well, Paul, I don't want another thing to put on the to-do list. Don't add, devote yourselves to prayer onto my to-do list, because we've got enough to do. How we feel about prayer, sometimes it's like the help prayer, but sometimes if you've been uh, following Jesus for a little while prayer can feel a bit like one of those things well, you know, we're not always very good at it. I don't want to pray. It's the sort of thing that always gets interrupted. You know, we're sitting down to try and pray but, but then the kids come and remind us that they do actually need tea. You know, or well, there's work to be done. Or the train arrives at the stop that you were getting to. It's really easy to think about prayer like this as another thing that we have to do as something we have to go and do but actually this is not what Paul is talking about and it's really significant that this comes right at the end because what he's talking about is not an extra thing to do he's talking about something that's a way of life he's talking about a heart and a mind attitude that means that the door of heaven is constantly open You know, I, um, you will know that I'm dyslexic and so I struggle with words, so I, I don't mean to throw the, the interpretation of the devout word at you because I had to look it up. You do need to know that. It wasn't just like I'd learned all this stuff. But the devout word at the beginning of this passage... So it's uh, Sorry, devote. You see, I can't even say the word. Devote yourselves. The devote word means... To associate closely and continuously. In this context. To associate closely and continuously. You see, Paul is not ending his letter by asking to do something that he has not done. This is the way that he lives and so he's sharing with us if you like one of the secrets about how to do the things that he's done is not by striving to do them but to devote ourselves to prayer the beginning of Colossians as with so many of others of his letters says we always thank God for you and I'm like does that mean that when he prays for them he always thanks God for them Or does it actually mean that he's always thanking God for them? You know, whenever he can, he's like, "Oh wow, remember that church in Colossi? Oh, Lord, thank you. Remember that church in in All Saints. Remember that day when we brought Edith in for our Thanksgiving. Oh, Father God, thank you." He's living a life where he's always giving thanks. He's always praying he's always giving thanks in fact in another letter that he wrote 1 Thessalonians he says pray without ceasing or pray continually and jesus describes prayer he doesn't describe it as this public activity he doesn't describe it as coming to some place some public building where you pray and being on show In fact, he says you're to go into your room and and lock the door. He describes it as a personal encounter with our loving Father God. And Jesus' pattern of prayer is that often he disappears. You know, just at the point where people want him and they want to find him. He's like gone. He's gone off up a hill. He's gone off to pray. He's gone off to go and be with his Father. And he does this at all the significant points of his ministry the starting point of his ministry, the place where he chooses his disciples, in the garden. And one of the things I love about about Jesus is he's able to see what the Father's doing and join in. You know, one of the amazing things about being a Christian, about being a follower, a disciple of Jesus Christ, is that suddenly the door is open to a whole new world. It was always there, but the reality is that we can suddenly now see it and hear it, and we can hear from God what He's saying about this world. That's why we pray, Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is amazingly able to see what the Father is doing and to join in. And there's this ongoing conversation with someone. How many of you got, how many of you got a phone? A smartphone? Come on, put your hands in the air. How many of you got, how many of you got old Nokia bricks? There's a few of you. Well done, by the way. If you sell it on eBay, you'll make a fortune. You know, what What a smartphone gives you the ability, you know, at its best, gives you the ability to be able to do is to be in one place physically but with another person who is on the other side of the world. And to be talking and to be connected with them in a way that we've never known before. To be deeply connected. You know, how many of you have the notifications on your on your phones on? How many have them on? Come on, hands up. How many have been buzzed this morning? Yeah, a few of you. What was it, football results or something? Or, who, you know who, know, who knows? I don't know what it is. You know, for me, I switch all of the notifications off. But I've got news for you. If you're a follower of Jesus, what he wants is all of the notifications on. Not actually on your phone, but with you and him. He wants to constantly interrupt in the best way possible your day. You see, this way of praying is is not about ring fencing God and putting Him kind of over here for an hour on a Sunday or a quiet time on a you know Monday morning if you start the day out if you start the week out well and kind of going okay I've done my bit of praying over here. You know we love to put things in little boxes, don't we? Uh, Meg has uh, just helped me to sort out my office. Uh, you know, we've only been here like nine months or eight months or whatever it is. So it's about time. And um, Meg has gone through and she's categorized all of her stuff. And everything is organized in place. And there was like then, I'm like about two weeks behind. So there was bags and boxes of stuff that were just stuff all together. And what needed to happen was that they needed to be categorized and organized so that the, the tech things were in the tech drawer. And the stationary, you know, all, you know, stationary. Otherwise if it's just all in one bag, it's difficult to find. And we love to categorize things. We love to go, this is the time when I am working. And this is the time when I'm not. This is the time when I'm going to the gym. This is the time when I'm having me time. Come on, what do you do for me time? What is it? Is it a film? Is it a bit of wine? Is it going by yourself uh, to the thermospar? Has anyone ever done that? Yes. Well done. It's good. I hope you took shades because it's sunny up there. Me and Meg went when we first got here. I want to go again. It's nice. Prayer, though is not something we can categorise and put in a box, but rather it's the door to heaven being thrown wide open. It's fullness of life in Jesus Christ. It's being filled with His Spirit. This world that we're in is always connected now and it distracts us from being present with the person in front of us but the way that our heavenly father wants to distract us is so that we're more present with the people in front of us he wants to speak to you when you're with people about how you're to be with them he wants to connect with you in those places so you hear his heart for them So my encouragement is this, is that even if you switch off all the notifications off on your phone, is that you leave all the notifications on when it comes to you and God. Every single one. You allow Him to interrupt you in the middle of meetings, in the middle of dinner, in the middle of putting your kids to bed. And I don't mean that then you kind of sit in a, you know, you then go and sit in the corner, and go and have this amazing prayer time you know kind of like oh yeah I'm just sorry kids I can't put you to bed because I'm just having this moment I've just got to pray Mark the vicar said I've got to pray so I'm just having this moment it's amazing that's not what I mean I mean allow him to speak to you as you're putting the kids to bed so you hear what you might pray over them in the midst of the busyness in the midst of the tiredness in the midst of changing nappies and making sure accounts add up and dealing with a difficult boss or trying to be a loving boss. This is what it is to devote ourselves to God in prayer. It's to leave the notifications on so that we can always be interrupted by heaven. I hope that as we've read Colossians and we come to this very last bit, I hope and I pray that this doesn't leave you with a burden, but rather it opens the door for you. I hope that this doesn't leave you with a task, but rather it helps you to connect with the image of the invisible God. I hope it leads you to the one through whom all things were made. The one who was there before all things. The one who holds it together. The one who's the head of the church. The one who's the firstborn from the dead. The one with whom we have been raised. Who has brought us to eternal life that's already started. The one in whom the fullness of the Father dwells. The one who presents us holy and without blemish. Do you know what I'm talking about? Does this resonate with you? Do you know him yet? The one who can present you to God the Father as holy without blemish so that the shame that you carry can be left at the door. Always on. Always available. The other way that Jesus describes this he has this amazing encounter he goes out to draw water and he sent his disciples off into town to go and get some food and he's out in the middle of the day in the heat of the day by this well and this woman is there who comes to draw water the only reason a a woman would be there in the middle of the day in the ancient world to draw water is if she was ashamed is if she couldn't go out in public because of who she was. And Jesus meets her and knows her story. And he says, yeah, it's not really that you've got a husband, it's that you've got five. And he loves her. And he says, you've just met the one who you hoped you'd meet, the Messiah. And they have this theological conversation about worship. And then Jesus says that you can have in you, not this water that you're drawing, but this Holy Spirit water that wells up in you from the inside out. That is what's on offer. It's not about following Jesus. It's not about signing up to a, a set of ideas. It's about following a person. You see, I don't know about you, but, but I don't need another task. I don't need another job to do. What I need is to be deeply connected to my loving Father God. Constantly connected to the living God. Suddenly, when we, when we talk about prayer like this, it's different. It's not something you've got to go and do. It's not a job. It's not a chore. Suddenly suddenly this becomes as essential as clothes you know we do it every day we get dressed we put on clothes sometimes you know Meg I come downstairs says, no don't wear that like, okay, done. sometimes we put on the wrong clothes but you know we still put on clothes and prayer is like that it's just a core part of who we are and God wants to clothe us with who he is You know, uh, one of the things, a little sneak peek, one of the things that I want us to talk through in September and October is what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? What does it mean to be a disciple, to be on the way with Jesus? Rather than, you know, just faith being something where we've sold people short. You know, come for an hour on a Sunday and everything will be fine. You know, I think, I think maybe we, we sold it short over generations because actually we thought if people just had to come for an hour on a Sunday it would be easier to swallow. But you know what's on offer? It's not an hour on a Sunday. It's not a prayer meeting during the week although you should definitely go to those two. What is on offer from Jesus is a completely different way of life. Devoted to Him. So if you've heard this morning a burden, I want to lift it off you. I don't want you to go out of here with a burden. If that's what you've taken away I'm really sorry I've not communicated well I've, you've misunderstood and I'll try harder with the words next time but what I what I hope you hear is this is that there are two ways to live the Christian life the first one is that we scurry around like crazy human beings and we try and do all the things that Jesus has told us that we have to do including being nice to everybody to everybody Gosh, being nice is really hard work, isn't it? You know, stop being so nice, people. Okay? You know, some, sometimes, well, sometimes the way that Jesus talks to people, frankly, it's rude. Okay? Give up on being nice. Okay? Being nice, you scurry around doing all the things that Jesus has told you to do, and outwardly, being all the things that Jesus has told us that we have to be, being incredibly nice people. Stop it! Instead, let's walk in step with Jesus, full of his Holy Spirit, free and alive in him. This is what it's like to live from the inside out, to live a life of overflow. And I didn't even get past about the first three or four words of the passage. So you'll have to read the rest of them yourselves. But you know, as you do it, what I trust is that the Holy Spirit will speak to you. What I trust is thats that you'll have that story which I've heard so many times and I even heard it last night. That someone comes to faith and then they take Scripture away and it suddenly becomes alive to them. (laughs) You know, God doesn't want to meet you through me. Or through Pippa or through Meg Leading Worship. He wants to meet you direct. With the notifications always on.